Play-By Podcast is hosted on the Abnormal Mapping Network, which you can find at abnormalmapping.com or support through Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abnormalmapping. Some 130 years ago, a dangerous miasma appeared and began swallowing up the land and sea in a toxic purple fog. It killed the people and animals caught inside, though not quickly. For ten years, this miasma slowly swept across the land, on a course to envelop everything. Strange creatures emerged from the miasma, and attacked the villages and cities. Many died, and even more fled inland. When all seemed lost, the miasma came to a sudden halt leaving only a sliver of habitable land. This land came to be known as Shard. With the apocalypse on an assumed pause, the people of Shard banded together and formed the Interdependency, a society wherein each settlement accepted the greatest tradespeople, workers, and creators available, and began a network of shared goods and resources. For one settlement cannot hope to survive without the other. This system, the doctrine of the Shard Interdependency, has been the way of this land for the past 120 years. The Interdependency of Shard, a history, 7th edition, a tear below, 1.30 AME. Play by podcast, an actual play podcast about storytelling through the medium of tabletop role playing games. I'm Michael, the GM, and today I'm joined by Liam Higgins. Hello. Leon Barnes. Yeah, hi, that was fancy. And Laura Coe. Hello. And uh, today we're going to be playing uh, Dungeon World by Adam Coble and Sage Latora. Thanks. And before you hit that 10 second skip forward button, I'm not going to be explaining any of the, uh, the mechanics today. We're just going to be doing character introductions and world building. So, hey, if you're a big fan of Dungeon World, uh, don't skip forward. If you're not a big fan of Dungeon World, I'll explain everything later. Speaking of Blue Apron, now's a great time to tell you. <laughs> Get the fuck <laughs> off my podcast. <laughs> I just realized all three of our names are L. I never realized that. Oh, yeah, good point. Except for me. Well, like yeah, the three, the the three, GM, I mean, bitch. the three players. Uh, that's yeah, what yeah. I meant. So, the basic premise for this podcast was I wanted to do sort of a, uh, a post post-apocalyptic fantasy a rebuilding of a world yes sort of like uh, the everything's uh, the the apocalypse as for the time uh, sort of stopped it's still sort of ever present but uh, everything is sort of at a sort of a standstill and, and has been for about a hundred years 120 years but the scars of the apocalypse are still like alive and well right Absolutely. yeah still, still living with the effect still kind of fresh we're, yeah, yeah. yeah we're continuing to pick up the pieces <laughs> and what was the apocalypse you might ask we call that the miasma Ooh. Yeah. we call it that I'm sure there are several different names for it across the different settlements but uh, the miasma is basically this giant purplish cloud of poisonous fog. Mm-hmm. That's that kills uh, humanoids, animals, doesn't kill plants. And uh, out of that miasma, we also have creatures that have come into being that are either uh, very malevolent and sort of attack uh, settlers and people who lived uh, around the area, or less malevolent, nicer creatures who are there to sort of help the people who were left behind. 
to coexist with the uh, remaining survivors. Exactly. The land left by the miasma is called uh, Shard. Shard doesn't run on any like particular form of government. There's not like a, a, a leader. You don't go to a, a mayor or a magistrate when something goes wrong. Shard works on something called the interdependency doctrine, which is this set of laws, bylaws, and basic rules for living and creating settlements that sort of say, you know, uh, each settlement helps the other settlement out, and we help each other survive, and if one link in the chain fails, then everybody else goes with it. There's, there's limited infighting, because infighting just leads to more disaster for everyone involved. Right, right. And so uh, the, the way the interdependency doctrine works is uh, settlements. There are four large, four small. The uh, larger settlements and the smaller settlements work together, creating uh, goods and services and sort of sharing them in sort of a barter system. Getting whatever supplies needed to whoever needs them. Right. And uh, to sort of live in a settlement, you have to have like a skill of some kind. You have to be able to bring something to the community, whether that's you can be like art, an artist, a teacher, uh, a smith, a baker. As long as you have some sort of skill, you can have like a house in a settlement and have a place to stay and a place to live and be guaranteed food and water and uh, safety. Now, that also leaves... Uh, a certain amount of the population uh, shit out of luck, so to speak. There are people who don't have trade skills, who aren't teachers or artists. Or farmers. Or farmers, or even soldiers, depending on where you live. Because uh, there's a greater demand for certain vocations in other places. So say if you had, there's a, there's a settlement out on the border near the Miasma, which is constantly under attack, so they have more need for soldiers and less need for bakers. Or, for example, by the coast, you're going to have more fishermen than you're right. going to have farmers. And mm -hmm. there's going to be no fishermen in the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're a fisherman and you live in the mountains, you're definitely... You're gonna, SOL. You're totally shit out of luck. But there's a, sort of a fallback for people like that who either don't have a place or don't have skills to get a place. And that is to become a wanderer, who are these uh, traveling archaeologists, uh, historians, storytellers who wander out into the miasma, into this like poisoned, uh, overgrown land that once was habitable and once was like verdant and uh, a place where people went to live. And they venture into, th the, into these places and they find relics of the past, old books, old information, uh, art, weapons, things like that. Any scraps of the past that they can find. And we should clarify, the miasma doesn't kill you instantly. It's kind of inhalation based the more time you spend in the miasma the worse off you're going to get right it's like the uh the yellow fog in the sixth level of super mario 64 when you're down there you're in like the poison gas right yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's like any poisoned fog right like, it's, but, it's, but specifically the one from yeah. super mario 64 <laughs> it's not an immediate death but it is a sure death if you stay there for long enough and even like minimal uh like contact with the miasma is uh eventually fatal which is why uh, some of the water that runs through Shard is poison. Yeah. 
and will, despite the fact that the miasma does not uh, directly affect plant life, it will fuck up your water when you try to grow new plants. So, or it'll fuck you up if you try to drink the water for long enough. Or eat don't the do plants it. Grown from it. <laughs> Let's turn the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> turn the freaking frogs, frogs gay. <laughs> oh God! Don't bring Alex Jones into this podcast. Oh, you know he's going to be involved. We keep us. him on the periphery. This is the best way to gain publicity: is to bring up Alex Jones. Yeah. <laughs> He'll like meme us or some shit. Any InfoWars fans out there? I'm editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's have a let's join my private Facebook message group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so so we were uh, talking about the uh, the wanderers who got okay. into the miasma, and they do this because information of the past, anything related to the past, is highly valued to a, a religious degree in the interdependency of Shard. Most most of people's faith essentially is based in humans and based in, or based in people and their connections to each other and their connection to the past, whatever they have left of it. They're very attached to nostalgia. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's a post-apocalypse. It's just '90s kids everywhere. <laughs> it's a bunch of millennials running around. Doing, in the, mm-hmm. What we've created here is a gig economy. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And the thing about that is actually, it is sort of pertinent there, is that uh, being a wanderer is a heavily competitive lifestyle because uh, once information is known, it loses its value. So uh, when you're out there in the miasma and you come across another group of wanderers, they're probably going to be hostile to you because uh, it's all about who gets the info first and who is able to give it out first. It's a dog-eat-dog world out there. Who wins the info wars? I hate you <laughs> so much. That was pretty good. Though, you have it's to pretty admit. good. No, that was that was good. And uh, earlier, earlier in the day before we went on air, we uh, we filled out our map. Mm-hmm. We sort of added it into the blank spaces, which uh, we'll get more into uh, Dungeon World's uh, whole bit about uh, drawing maps and leaving blanks next episode. But uh, to fill in a couple more blanks, just so you get a lay of the land, we also have. Uh, to talk about some of the new races in Shard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you've got your standard uh, elves, orcs, humans, halflings. Uh, and then we start to... And then it gets weird. It, it, it branches out. So then we get weird. <laughs> rather than having dwarves, we have these things called wharfs, which are dwarf-like in that they are sort of short, stout humanoids. But they're different in that... Our dwarves are different. Mm-hmm. In that uh, they are animalistic in nature. They are all sort of... Anthro. <laughs> <laughs> Animal-human hybrids they is what I like to say. Animal-human hybrids, anthropomorphized animals. They are short, stout animal people. Keep your fursona out of my fucking D&D game. It's already too late. He's already here. <sighs> so, and There's usually... no Fennec Foxes in this game, are there? There could be. No? There could absolutely be. What? Oh, Jesus <laughs> the thing is, Christ. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> None of this fucking... I think you mean Pelinage. <laughs> so, wharfs are sort of denoted by, like, what species they most resemble. So, you've got dog wharfs, cat wharfs, frog wharfs. We talked about goat wharfs mm-hmm. earlier. We have salamander wharfs. We have a party. salamander wharf in the party, mm-hmm. which they, we'll get to. They're, they're, they weren't really creative when they came up with these names. They just kind of just took a word and just put wharf at the end. No, yeah, the thing you know. is, I took the word dwarf and I dropped the D off of it. You don't, yeah, exactly. You get the D later. Hey, oh oh my, uh, hey Wharfs. Horny on me. And my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And then there are uh, the high wings. Mm-hmm. 
which uh, I'll let Laura talk more about that because they're kind of her jam. But they're ba- they're uh, bird think, people. Think harpies. We've we've got like human head, human torso, but instead of arms, you've got wings, and from the knee down, you've got bird feet with talons. You like Yu-Gi-Oh? You so, like Yu-Gi-Oh? So we start. So it's the whole conversation started off that Laura wanted to play an Aracocra. At one a.m., I text Michael. I know it's late. What? What? Don't you have anything better to do? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I want to be a bird person. And um, so he says, consider the following, bird people but weird. <laughs> <laughs> and they are kind of bird people but weird. We're, mm-hmm. we're word pull- for word verbatim. <laughs> we're, we're, bird people but weird, literally is what he said. We're pulling a little bit from the uh, Supergiant Games book of animal weirdness. Uh. In that, uh, The high wings are heavily inspired by the harps from uh, Pyre. From Pyre, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, Laura, what can you tell us about high wings? Um, they they are a semi-plentiful race. I think you said there are about 150 of them, which is not bad for how many people are left in Shard. Right. I should also mention that the population of this small piece of land is about 12,000. Yeah. There's or, sorry, 1,200. 1,200, yeah. There's not, there's not too many folks around still. There's a shortage of people and a shortage of information. Yeah. So, high wings are... Uh, a noble race, I like to say. Um, they typically, the firstborn is named after a celestial body, a constellation, a star, a planet, what have you. And they are kind of meant to maintain the honor of the family and go out and collect what history they can. They've kind of been chosen to become wanderers, but they kind of have a little bit more uh, honor to them because. They didn't have to. It's like, oh, I didn't have to go do this, but it's my birthright. So they're not forced out. They just kind of are given this uh, familial task. Just a a small note for the audience. I did not know any of this. All of this is straight out of off of Laura's dome. Hi. I like to sit at 1 a.m. and think about bird people. Like, this is all very (laughs) new information to me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm... I'm flabbergasted and so excited about call it. Her, yeah. Call her Jerusalem because it's off the dome. Hey, about a bing. That was and terrible. Uh, thanks. <laughs> Is there anything else? Uh, not that I can think of right now. <laughs> and then I decided to get weird and bring to the table uh, the Jacks. Mm-hmm. That's with two X's. Mm-hmm. They are a race who sort of were birthed out of the miasma. Even they don't really know they exactly don't know where wh- they come from. Yeah, they don't know where they've come from. and They've okay. only been alive for probably around the last uh 120 years or so yeah they they were clearly somehow created by the miasma something yeah something within the miasma caused the creation of the jacks and the creation of a different race of entities who are completely malicious Mm -hmm. who we'll get to in a second also but the jacks are sort of a uh four-armed four-eyed Sort Flying of. purple people eater. No, <laughs> it kind of kind of reminds me of like a uh, Meek from Planet Hulk, like that kind of like race. Like I can see that skid- absolutely. Okay, yeah. kind of okay. thing. But they've got uh, four eyes, four arms, and tiny horns on their foreheads. Oh, never mind then. Some pals. Yeah, and they're they're cool. generally sort of a, a genial race. They're 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 nice people. They they're just trying to get by, just like everybody else. And. Uh, that's sort of what I wanted to bring to, the, and that's what I brought to the table. Uh, their other miasma counterparts are much less friendly. They are called the aberrations, horrifically proportioned, weird creatures who are designated by sort of chess pieces. So there are pawns, knights, rooks, bishops, and there have been rumors of uh, king and queen aberrations, but no solid uh, 
solid data, but those things live exclusively in the miasma. Sometimes they come out and they'll attack like a border town or sometimes they'll even get into the uh, the heartland of Shard. But they're they're bad news. They are absolutely the worst kind of news. Fucking berries. Some of them is <laughs> what we call them locals. We call them the berries. <laughs> so maybe in Oxbow. In Oxbow. That's in what we in call Oxbow, them. we call aberrations berries. Mm-hmm. The education didn't really stretch that far out into the mainland. Speaking about <laughs> Oxbow, do we want to talk about a few of the settlements in Shard? Sure. I, yeah, sure. I yeah. mean, if you want to. That's, I think, yeah, we've talked yeah. enough about uh, the society and sort of the, the lay of the land. Let's talk about everybody's characters. So, do so, we want to start with Oxbow? Yeah, let's start with Liam and uh, the town of Oxbow. So, my character is, first of all, is called DeGrasse Tillfield. He's mm-hmm. a druid. Um, and so in this sort of town of Oxbow, which is like a part of the plains in like the center of Shard, it used to be like this verdant river land, like with um, this big river going through it and all the great, you know, it was very bountiful or whatever. And since the miasma, the onset of the miasma, the river has dried up. And so therefore a lot of the crops have too, except for like a few select things. It's mostly just sludge. Yeah, it's just abandoned. Like this great city of Oxbow, which was like a big like port. Or like you kind of thing. You sort of described it as sort of a Venice. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah like a Venice on like the, you like know, and an down. oxbow of a river. If people aren't aware, is when a river is in a bend and the current cuts through, so it basically like closes the loop of the river. Yeah, it's 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 basically an island of the river. Yeah, so the so the town is in the middle of that. But then my character sort of used to work in Oxbow, or like his family used to work there, and like of course over time since the miasma, the river's gotten drier and drier, and it's been getting worse and worse. And so he lives like out in the plains, um, like on this sort of undefined settlement out there, um, growing what he can. Yeah, growing what he can. He's a simple folk, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like the idea of druids. I think it's a, like the mixture of like rugged imagery with mm-hmm. kind of religious cool to me. Earthy. So. Yeah. And, and like your that. character was a farmer, but they decided to become a wanderer. Yes. They're sick of it. <laughs> sort of like I think Luke Skywalker in um, mm-hmm. New Hope. So moving away from the the safety and assuredness of being a in a settlement. Yeah, I mean, like, what, like, what's the point? You can just harvest wheat for the rest of your life, and you're not really making a living, and you're barely eating any food. So you or might you as well, can like, go learn something. Yeah, you can go learn. Some, you can go do something. I mean, he has no family, no, any, you know, nothing. Farmers, really. farms in general are at the mercy of the weather and how how well that treats their crops. And I imagine it's even worse in the miasma with such little access to water for irrigation. It's basically like. He can struggle and struggle and try to grow wheat forever and live this boring life, or he can make something for himself. When also DeGrasse lives in the, the <laughs> DeGrasse, he lives in the grasslands, which mm-hmm. I didn't think about until right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the somewhat somewhat ironically named grasslands because there's not much grass anymore. They, but it's since it's in the mi- since it's in the middle, it's getting sort of like their crops have sort of been taken by both sides, and he's just serving everyone except themselves basically. Mm-hmm. So, okay. uh, Leon. Do you want to talk to me about your character? Okay. My character is Sierra Scorchskin. Uh, she's a salamander wharf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do you have to say it like that every time? <laughs> because salamander I keep wharf. Because I keep forgetting the word wharf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you really land hard on that W. Because it's hard to forget. You can't just say like salamander and then just say wharf. It's not natural. <laughs> uh, but she lives in a small area called Nomad's Heights in the Sinstone Peaks. Which is a nice little mountain range that's very volcanic and warm, mm-hmm. um, but sort of falls down into like snowy tundra. Yeah, it yeah. falls. It falls down to snowy tundra, but at the very top of it is like a really, I wouldn't say dormant volcano, but it's it, been 
it's been inactive and it won't probably blow up anytime soon. A lot of igneous rock. Yeah. But there is lava present. There's lava yeah. present. It's somewhere. But I guess so, it's magma. Yeah. Magma. Thank There's you. There's a lot of magma present, but it's the ice is so cold going down that it's kind of just like, eh. <laughs> Don't fucking at me, science Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I, the miasma fucks with weather. Just don't. Just but don't. she lives in a on the edge of the. She lives on the edge of the mountains in a place called Nomad's Heist, which is what, in my thought process, it's kind of like a little weird mixture of like a uh, Harlem mixed with Lincoln Heights. Sure. And yep. it's sense that it's like there are people who, in that region, there are, everyone can do whatever they really want to. It's there's no standard of living, so people can live inside the mountains, inside caves, or and some people decided to live on the actual edge of the mountain on the side of it. We talked about sort of like a favela aesthetic where they've got like houses on houses. Yes. So think like, so think very much like Italian living Mm -hmm. back in the old days. I don't think it's still like that nowadays. There's some like Like very villa, very villa-esque sometimes Mm -hmm. and some people just live inside the mountain. So that's where she lives and she's, she wasn't originally from there. She moved there like a long time ago. (laughs) And she's an immolator. She's an immolator also. She controls fire. She Spicy very, girl. She's very spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna get spicy in here. Mm-hmm. She's very she's spicy and she's spicy. Oh, <laughs> oh Lord. Good stuff. Well, yeah. She's got a sharp tongue. She's very she's very quick on the quick on the draw with her thought process. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't really have a sense of she has a sense of good in her, like she knows what good is, but she also has a sense of saying like you're dumb, everything you're doing is dumb. She's kind of your true neutral type. She's pragmatic. She's very, she's very pragmatic. Mm. But she truly does respect everyone that she meets. Mm-hmm. She's got a good head on her shoulders. Yeah, she values respect more than anything else in her in life because of just how she was raised mm-hmm. and just her life. And I'll get into her there's a lot of stuff I don't want to reveal about her backstory yet. <laughs> we'll get there. Over we'll time. get Absolutely. there because and we'll talk you, about we'll go back around at the end and talk about yeah. everybody's bonds. Yeah. You haven't unlocked my tragic backstory. Yeah, yet. honestly, there's a lot to her backstory that really plays into why she's how she is, right. and I don't want to reveal that yet. Folks, get ready for the tragic backstory brought to you by Dr Pepper. Oh, you know we're gonna be <laughs> all up in our Dr Pepper. Oh bullshit. hell no, we're sponsored by Mr Pib. You uh, know it. No, actually, we're speaking sponsored of, by RC Cola. Speaking of <laughs> Omaha steaks, now's a great time to tell you. Hey. Laura, do you want to tell me about your character? I would love to. All right, go right um, ahead. <laughs> so my character is Alira Greyfeather. I know her last name sounds like a warrior cat. Don't at me. Um, no, you you got to live in your truth. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm adding you on this podcast now. right now, <laughs> live. <laughs> I have no room to at you. I put furries in this game. You did put furries right <laughs> in my... I can't fucking believe I got calmed into this communist furry world. <laughs> my good, Why am I here on a Sunday? <laughs> in my good Christian Minecraft. There's a um, scaly in here, too. What's up? Some fucking bullshit <laughs> right now. There's, there's furries, scalies, avians. It's just... <laughs> I fucking hate everything. <laughs> on the day of our Lord. a human. Like on the day dream. of our Lord, we brought yeah. the we brought furry culture on the Sabbath. There's a, there's no God here. Some low key fucking uh, God damn it. Anywho, <laughs> so Lyra, uh, despite her name, she is actually the second born. She had an older brother, um, who was who did not was one of the few that did not make it back from the miasma when he ventured out on his own. Um, so when she was born. She took on the moniker of the of the firstborn, and she took on that same role, that same responsibility uh, for her family. 
Um, she, so she, she's definitely trying to kind of outgrow the shadow of her brother. She's trying to kind of become her own person. She's really determined to become a good fighter. She's a fighter, by the way. Um, <coughs> good to point out. <laughs> yeah, important. And uh, she's she's hopeful. She has a surprising amount of hope for a world like this. Um, I think mostly because she's kind of she lives in on the coastal city in a very huge trade port, probably essentially the capital of the coast, which is called uh, Sands Edge. Um, she lives in a town called Porta Plenty. Um, it's called that because of it, it's kind of the main trade port. Um, there's a lot of business there. There's a lot going on, and there's a lot of people there. Although I imagine, like, you're not getting anything from other places. Uh, yeah. It's mostly from other places on the coast. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so and it's then like, people from up north will bring things down in order to get. So it's very much like. Coast. So it's very right. much port. Yes, port. Port is the big part there. So people bring their like, goods to port. Yeah. Okay. People will bring their things down, and they will uh, then get things from the coast, like seafood, what have you. Right, so so I'm imagining port is a big town for the merchant class. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I think her, her parents, her family is probably like higher-up merchants. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. She comes from nobles. Uh, well, mercantile <laughs> nobles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she basically, uh, imagine her parents are CEOs. <laughs> like, <laughs> And to j- sort of just dive back, dive into a little bit more world ex- explanation. Uh, so merchants mm-hmm. s- still deal in gold mm-hmm. in uh, shards. So there's still sort of an economy in that regard. But gold is secondary to goods mm-hmm. and also secondary to information. Yeah. So you can trade information up from the past for goods and services, mm-hmm. or you can trade other goods and services for goods and services, but they'll take gold if that's all you have. Yeah. It, it still has worth. It's just kind of a little less. I right. think there's a lot of goods for goods trading in right. Porta Plenty. Yes, yes. And I, I, the way I sort of see it is like you go to a vending machine and you have a dollar. Yeah. Or you have a, you have a dollar bill and you have a dollar in change. Mm-hmm. Which are you going to use first? The dollar bill. Mm-hmm. And when that dollar bill is crumpled and nobody wants it, you use the change. Yeah. And that's how it is with uh, goods, goods versus gold. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, because this is a very loose barter system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, f- I feel like people kind of make out an idea of what's worth what, like, based on what's harder to get. Like, if you catch, like, a million fucking tuna, it's going to be, one tuna is going to be a lot less than... For example, I don't know a salmon. I don't know right. anything about fishing. I, why did I pick a port town? What about <laughs> what about monkfish? Sure. <laughs> is there anything else about uh, Lyra? Sorry, is it uh, Lyra? Lyra. Yeah. Is there anything else about Lyra we should know? Uh, she's got wings. <laughs> <laughs> she got them. She got. She got them wings. How big? Wings. How big they be? She's been on that Tommy Wiseau shit, ju- chugging that Red Bull. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> she got wings. You're telling. You're telling me. She a bird, and she got wings? Yeah. <laughs> how big a wingspan? <laughs> Probably twice her height. That's usually how birds do. Yeah. Right. And you, How birds do. So, so <laughs> we've got a human, a uh, salamander wharf, sort of like a, sh- a short lizard person, mm-hmm. and a bird. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Hawking furs. <laughs> so, so uh, starting, we're gonna go back in reverse order. Laura, how, sort of give me like a physical description. You had some really good uh, coloration ideas for the feathers. Yeah. Um, if you literally, if you look up, um, time a, to Google some birds. Yeah. If you look up the harpy eagle, that was kind of my idea. It's kind of like this grayish, tawnyish kind of feather pattern. The inside is super pretty. It's like white with like black specks everywhere. Um, but that's kind of her feather pattern. I think she probably has dark hair, um, and she's got nice sharp claws that she likes to attack with. And I imagine if she's like a beach, uh, beach adjacent person, she's got sort of a tan going. Yeah, I think so. I dig it. Oh yeah. She spends a lot of time in the sun. Oh yeah. So, uh, what's, what's your deal? What do you look uh, like? I was thinking more along the lines of like, the thought in my head was like, cause whenever I think Salamander, I'm thinking of like Mona Lisa from like, not the old Ninja Turtles, but like the one that came out. <laughs> yeah, the 2003 one. That's no, like such the, a, oh. no, not that one. Like the one that came out like on Nickelodeon, the 2012 one. Uh, like the CGI one. Mm-hmm. Like because the way they designed Mona Lisa in that one is like she basically just looks like a giant lizard. So are you green or? No, she's orange. Oh, cool. She's like an orange. She's got. She's orange scaled and she's <laughs> salamander shaped. Yeah, <laughs> she's not too terribly tall. She's like, I went not medium height. That's a. It, yeah, not well, not that one. No, not that one. Laura's showing us a photograph. Not that one. <laughs> oh God, about no. Lisa no, not that on. one. We're God, not going to do like, it. More like Bona Lisa. We're not going to do not this bit again this about one. turtle, turtle tits. That one. Oh my God, we're not. Uh, oh yeah, my like, God, that one makes more sense. <laughs> God damn! Don't pull up the one from the no, freaking nineties. We're, we're done here. <laughs> okay, keep going. We Leon. sure love She's orange. She's orange, and she's got. I want to say almost yellowish eyes. Uh, Any sort of like patterning or just straight orange? Uh, she's got a kind of a pattern. It's like a, I don't, I don't know how to describe. You think it. she'd have like where she's yeah. got those spots like a darker? Yeah, red? she's got some spots on her that are like darker red, in some places, and I can. That's the only thing I can think about it. Right. How long's her tail? <laughs> <laughs> how long and how fat is that tail? How hard? How, how hard thick, can you swing it? It hits. It hits. Thick, <laughs> thick tail. It it hits the ground. Okay, <laughs> I see. It slaps. It hits the. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Oh, it's oh bad. I, I I forgot to mention, Lyra's Lyra pretty sh- small. She's only mm. like she barely hits five foot. Big wingspan though, like. So ten like foot. ten foot wind. That's yeah. bigger than a California condor because they're like nine. Weeks. I would say if like we're going by age, she's like in her late twenties by this point. Mm. So she, she, yeah, her tail basically slaps on the ground. She, cho- she kind of chooses to wear her clothes even though she doesn't really have to, mm. because. That's it. I appreciate that choice. Thanks honestly. for wearing clothes. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll definitely get into more of what like, what you're wearing on the yeah, episode, like, on episode one. Yeah. yeah, like she doesn't have to, but right. high heeled boots, studded leather jacket. Well, I said we'll get there, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking harnesses. Yeah. Oh God, I'm Kinky. calling the cops. Anyway. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> she's a salamander, people. <laughs> <laughs> well, Liam, I did make you... the Bona Lisa joke, so I mean that's fair. Enough. True. That's um okay. So what? Um, well, Liam, DeGrasse what? Looks like? Yeah, what does DeGrasse look like? So. My sort of vision for DeGrasse was that, like, I was going through the stats that I made, and that his um. You you have sort of a like a a tendency to create very outlandish characters. Yeah. So his yeah. So exactly. So his mental acumen is a lot stronger than like his physical prowess or whatever. This is another McCluskey toughness. It's it is it is a little bit, but it, it, the temperament <laughs> is different. So the oh, so um 
so basically kind of the idea of it is that um he like lives out in this farmland and like sort of tills the earth just cuz he kind of has to he's not actually like that built for it he's like very um Luke he's not Skywalker. like yeah exactly yeah he's not like stocky and sk- like he he's not stocky and like strong and burly so he's kind of like, kind of like uh scrawny almost yeah he's like scrawny so he's like someone that probably like wouldn't you know his his arms are all built just cuz of sheer repetition but like mm-hmm. he's not really built for that kind of like it, it's like uh, he, the way i like muscle. to describe it is like he he's Got muscles, but not in the but in the way that someone would have muscles before we discovered muscle groups. Yeah. Right, right, right. He yeah, looks exactly. Like, he looks like Peter Parker when he's fifteen. Oh god, <laughs> god, if only. So the um, <laughs> just kidding. So yeah, that's what, an awful joke. What, what, so what kind, of, what kind of hair are we working with? Like? Um, I think we're working with um, sort of like um, I don't want to take a dig at like the people who uh, Monty, but like kind of crusty hair. Um, <laughs> um, just local like humor short, gets you local just work, Liam. Short, kind of like on like um little unwashed, and God bless them because they're working twenty five hours a day. But the that's, um, that's our animation building. Yes, yeah, so, SCAD. Yes. Um, shouts out. But, what, what? but you know what I mean. Like it's animation sort of it's not room. like luxurious, but it's not balding. It's just kind of short <laughs> and like. Going every which way, you know. He oh, so, has so hair. He doesn't really care. Disheveled. About it. I'm sort of imagining lo- like uh, late into Akira. Uh, sure. Yeah. Tetsuo. Sure. Yeah. 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 Just like windswept, blown back. Definitely. Or I was thinking. Uh, oh, I was thinking Goku hair. <laughs> I was kind of thinking the way that Harry Potter's hair is described in the books. Yeah. It's just like oh, a yeah. mess that he can't do. Totally. Yeah, yeah. So okay. So that, and I think that he's very intelligent and he's very wise. So he feels sort of hamstrung by this life. So that kind of feeds into his appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, he wears what I write down. He has wise eyes. Change that from wise. Yeah, and then oh he boy. has um, weathered hides. So he's just sort of like he'll kind of wear whatever. Um, like you imagine when he was out on the farm, he would wear like sort of like shepherd, like just like shawls, mm-hmm. like made out of like wool or whatever. I'd imagine he's got pretty calloused hands. At yeah, this point. very calloused hands. And he, um, I have, he has like a uh, furry hood for when he's like out in the miasma. He's also a furry. Can I? Can <laughs> I actually not, ask you? Yeah. Guys, so wait. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, uh, what? Yeah. Can I ask you guys uh, what your adjectives are? Like, what are all the things you chose for your looks? Uh. I said body lithe. I think she's pretty petite, but she's still got that kind of like swimmer muscle, basically. Right. Um, she eager eyes. That's a fun one. And her hair is kind of wild. I imagine she has short hair. I feel like most high wings kind of keep their hair short, so it doesn't right. fuck with their wings or anything. I like but the, she, hers is a little wild. I like the eager eyes. That just sounds like she's just eager uh, eyes. They're watching you. you. I was about to make that, but I don't want to fuck. So the um. I, I'm gonna change my hair from furry hood to messy because messy makes more right. sense. And then he could just be wearing a hood like in the right. Yeah. And Laurie, uh, uh, you have armor, right? Yeah, she wears like some pretty typical chainmail. She doesn't want things to be too heavy because agility is kind of her thing. Right. I mean, especially as someone who can fly. But it's it's. it's I'm imagining important. like high wing fashion is a lot of tabards, a lot of things that sort of just go over your head and then flop over yeah, your body. Yeah. Nice tunics that you can Vests. kind of like belt together. Yeah. What have you? And if if anyone uh, here is a legacy listener of Rolling In, um, there's probably two of you, and one of you is a bot. Hi guys. Yeah. Um, Hi mom. <laughs> Hi, Hi, Hi Garrett, mom. Garrett the bot. Hey, one how of you, you is Garrett the bot. The other one is my mom, and yeah. the other one is a cop, and we don't want you here. And then someone I went to high school with who like clicked through on my timeline to see if Good I'm job. doing drugs. <laughs> my the, um, one friend who drew art for us the other time. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Goose. Um, Hi Goose. But Hi, the re- Goose. the reason I bring that up is because um, McCluskey was an object of sexual desire for people. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> 
Degrassi is most certainly not. So Degrassi, <laughs> similar He's body type, but just not a much utility with yeah. Degrassi. It's the Miley Cyrus, Hannah Montana thing. You're He's definitely the aesthetic opposite. The aesthetic, yeah, exactly. I was like a Dorian Gray. <laughs> this guy is like an ugly twink. Oh god, Dorian Gray, <laughs> but like sickly ugly. A so Dorian Gray stabbed up twink. Dorian Gray's portrait. I'm yes. accusing you. He's a twunk. He has yeah, some. He's muscle. a twunk. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Fucking Christ. So, so, so <laughs> Leon, describe to me your adjectives. Like, what did you pick for looks? Uh, for body, I picked uh, strange brands because on top of like having the red spots, she's also got strange marks on her body. Because she's a fire worshiper. Yeah. But like, what's her her body type? Is she muscly? Or uh, is she... uh, she's pretty. She, Average. Average muscular. A- average for Not a too muscular, like just like average muscle. So I'm imagining sort of like short stocky. She's she's well she's in fit. She's fit. She's built. Yeah. She's fit. Uh, I put warm eyes because of those yellow eyes. Hmm. <laughs> they're nice. literally warm, warm. in color. <laughs> but they're also inviting. Uh her voice is very whispering. Ah. So she's very soft spoken. She doesn't like to yell much. I want her to be like raspy smoker. She's like the. She, no, I'm, I'm imagining like the the that well, that one lady character from uh, Police Academy. Oh yeah, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and uh, now I think we should uh, wrap around again and talk about everybody's bonds. Uh, Ooh, Liam, yeah. okay, what are your bonds with these two people? My bonds are sorry, sorry, D- DeGrasse. What are your bonds with your compatriots? Thank you, Dungeon Master. Um, my bonds are. Um, so it says, Lyra smells more like prey than a hunter. <laughs> Rationale behind this being that I, a human, are more likely to eat a bird than a salamander. A, <laughs> bird, a bird who is connected to animals yeah. in nature. But yeah, but like I would eat it like an actual bird. I would not go for that anthro trash. Thanks, um, I guess. You're welcome. So, and I then, want chicken, not fish. <laughs> and then my second bond is, uh, the spirit spoke to me of a great danger that follows Sierra. Ooh. So you've got that actually works for me. You've Take got that a bad where you feeling will. about her. I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> and Sierra, what are your bonds with your uh, fellow wanderers? Before I get into that, that's going to play out later. <laughs> We're going to have to bring that back in. That's, that's going to come back later because that goes into my story. Let's pin that up on our Russ Cole board. And that's we'll what we in. in the business of uh, game mastering call a flag. Hey. 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 Uh, so the first one is DeGrasse has interesting ideals of nature that in- that. I never imagined looking or learning more seems fun. So that just goes into like, I've never seen a druid before. Intrigued. This so is I'm, what we look like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining you're going to be spending a lot of time with DeGrasse. I'm going to try and understand what he means when he talks about nature. Ah. And then what's your other bond? And my other bond is Lyra. Lyra. Lyra seems to admire my strength for some odd reason. <laughs> That goes exactly hand in hand with Lyra admires Sierra's strength. And I can't let her see the real me. That's going to put you in so many fucking tough spots. I know. Yeah, Lyra... She's she's very (laughs) cautious. Yeah, Lyra's Lyra's pretty fresh out into this world. Um, I mean, she spent most of her life in a bustling port town. Um, So she, when she sees Sierra, who seems like a hardened, like, someone who, like has fought for their keep in this world. Like, she's... That's kind of what she wants to become, is that strong and that, like, I don't know, skilled. And so she looks up to Sierra. So let's talk about your bonds. Yeah, that's that's my bond with Sierra. <laughs> so go right ahead, Lyra. Um, so, uh, and with DeGrasse, um, <laughs> the, the exact words that we're using kind of from the, the vanilla page is, 
Um, I worry about the ability of a gr- DeGrasse to survive in the dungeon. Um, Lyra... That worry is justified. <laughs> Lyra thinks DeGrasse is just some random like hobo kid, basically. Not wrong. Um, That's she, very she's, not wrong. She's concerned that this little farmer kid is going to get himself hurt. Um, so she's kind of keeping an eye out for him, kind of like when you're babysitting and you're sitting on a playground and you're kind of doing your own thing, but you're also keeping an eye out to make sure a kid doesn't fall off the slide real right, hard. Right. We got a bunch of youngins in this party. Yeah, so. I, I'd say Lyra's about, she's pretty fresh. I'd say she's like 18 or 19. So going off of that, uh, it's just sort of a question about the, the makeup of the party. Uh, who was, so, so Wanderers can sort of act as a single unit alone or they can act in a group. Uh, who, so who did you guys, did, who came together first? Cause, uh, I'm imagining that Le- the way you're talking about Lyra, she's sort of more new to the group. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, Sierra and DeGrasse came together first. I was gonna suggest that those two came together first because if DeGrasse, like, just this is total, you know, we totally change this. But the idea was that in the grasslands, there are not many sort of like hybrid animal or wharfs, mm-hmm. there are not many wharfs. So, it's like sort of a thing where it would be less likely for a human to like like immediately strike up a bond with one of them. If the two mm. of them got together, then, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know. I think it's possible that like we were passing near Oxbow and you were just like, oh, here's an out. Here's an out yeah. of Oxbow. These are travelers. These are people oh, who word. Are ex- yeah. have experience. So Sierra okay. is the more hard, the more like seasoned wanderer. I like Sierra's that. Yeah. been out there the most. Sierra's, I think Sierra's the oldest out of all of them. No, because I think so. I'm a little tentative as well. I mean, like I'm I'm wise, so I know this is the place I have to go. But I I'm aware of my like lack of physical yeah, you know strength. These kids. Right. I, I think Lyra spent a little time on her own, but like when she met Sierra, she kind of latched to her so she could have someone more experienced <laughs> with her. Essentially, Sierra's just like she won't leave. <laughs> yeah. Lyra's just kind of falling around like a just lost like, puppy. Just like, great. who's that behind you? I, I I don't know. She just won't leave. She just <laughs> sticks around, and Lyra just gives like a happy wave, like, hey. She's been she, she's been following me for a while now. She ended up being helpful, so she yeah. stays. <laughs> and uh, lastly, I think we should talk about uh, something that's sort of a new a newer concept to me, as far as uh, just coming across it in uh, sort of discussions about uh, role playing games and dungeon world and storytelling in general. There are the things called a. Uh, Blinds, which are things that when they come up in the story, we will sort of cut away from or we, we won't like describe in full detail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to sort of talk about everybody's, if, if there's anything like that, anything you don't want us to like sort of directly deal with on the show. Like, so uh, for instance, I, as your dungeon master, as your game master, as your GM, mm-hmm. I don't want to role play sex scenes. Yeah, with my friends. Sex I'm okay, I'm okay is with bad. that. Yeah, Sexual we're not doing that. I'm bad. not rolling for orgasm. Here. I will go. <laughs> I will go as far as like role play f- or, or roll for kiss. I think we, we kissing and literally like we can go to getting into bed with another person and then we will blind away. Just yeah. as the Marvin Gaye music starts to turn up, <laughs> yeah. that's when we that's I mean, when we fade out. Of the I scene. doubt. Either of these three have much sexual appeal to them anyway, but, you know. <laughs> Most certainly I mean, not. unless you want to fuck a salamander. Hey, man, I'm bringing a lot of fire NPC-wise. You guys okay. have some real boyfriend-slash-girlfriend material coming down the pipe. Oh, yeah, I'm waiting for that girlfriend material. <laughs> girlfriend plus ones Sierra, all over. Sierra's a hardcore lesbian. Good, I'm I don't even know if DeGrasse knows he has a sexual organ. <laughs> <laughs> The grass hasn't had a sexual awakening. New bond. <laughs> Definitely has. So that means he's open to new, you know, new flavors, you know. Right, right, new right. bond. Um, I think, I think, yeah, sexual content is like 
not really our our thing. We're a bunch of nerds. It's also if it's awkward for us to role play, it's gonna be weird as hell for you to listen yeah, to as well. Like, so like, you know, again, I, I roll like, to touch your thigh. I feel like with this group, we can get that close. But also, if we were gonna get that close, we could play. A, we could go ahead and play f- uh, Mobile Frame Zero Firebrands, which is a game that's designed to get horny on main. Oh no, <laughs> Jesus! Um, I think yeah, we should play someday because it's got giant mechs in it. But anyway, are you gonna fuck you and your goddamn giant mechs? I love giant mechs. The last D game we did had a giant mech. Hold on. Question: Do you fuck in the giant mech? You can, I assume. That's that's amazing. awesome. But uh, I want to fuck Voltron. Any other blinds? Any <laughs> yeah. other things we should pivot away from when they come to? Uh, Jesus, I can't really think. I mean, like in terms of stuff that we would not want to role play. Yeah, just, I think it uh, might be uh, a thing that, like, if we hit it, we can be like, oh. Yeah, it, 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 it's a thing that can happen, but it'll we'll just cut away from it and go yeah, to something else. We won't spend too much time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About I it. can't think of anything else. Yeah, honestly. mostly. I just can't like, think of any. I can't really think of anything really bad. Not really. No. Right. Yeah. And then there's another thing which it's related to blinds. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's just things that we don't want to see at all. Things hard that, stop. No thank you. Hard stop. No thank you. Bite. Uh, I would say. Uh, we talked earlier about fantasy racism. Fantasy racism yeah, we can't have boring. fantasy racism. No fantasy racism in this universe. It's boring. I mean, I could understand, like... It's just been um, done before, like... Yeah, yeah. like, fa- yeah. fantasy racism, is, it's been done since the beginning of fantasy. We're bored. <laughs> this is fantasy escapism. We're bored with this it. This is fantasy, uh... W- this is a fantasy world where we accept each other's differences. No slavery. Yeah. Real racism, everyone go right ahead. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, Too the, spicy. Yeah. White people. <laughs> yeah. White people. Um, there are no white people. People in shard. No, uh, there are some white um, people. DeGrasse is definitely white. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Look, look this at his boy name. is pastier than a fucking Pillsbury no, donut. No, he, he's a farmer. <laughs> Wouldn't he have like some kind of tan? Uh, yeah, he's got. Well, he's got like that. He's got like that the ugly awful, farmer's tan. Oh, the red, oh. cut at the, the arm. Like sort of like the inverse. What I like to call like the strawberry tan, where it's like red, but it's got these weird little like blue spots in it because oh, his skin's God. all oh. fucked up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when it's like all sunburned and there's just like bits of. Are we sure DeGrasse is human? Uh, yeah, it's true. He just. Ugly. He's slowly he's becoming. Ugly. He's slowly becoming nature. He's yeah. slowly becoming yeah, the Pillsbury Doughboy. He's like <laughs> third of the way to Bootstrap Bill, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, so we've got a couple blinds, and we definitely know we don't want to deal with fantasy racism. No yeah. slavery. Okay. Hard oh, cool. cut. So yeah. That's no fantasy slavery. Hand in hand. Um. I. I mean, this kind of goes with the whole sexual content. No sexual assault. Nastiness. Absolutely yeah, not. That. Absolutely. Um. I don't know. Just no uh, bullshit. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's keep it. Fun. No strippers. Let's get it light and right. fun. No, I'm not going to say no strippers. <laughs> strippers is allowed. Are allowed I, I right? think prostitution I would be a, took, a for, thing. It I love took your me face a minute because I was like, like, wait a minute. I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to like slut shame anybody because like. Okay, know. maybe I, get, get okay, that money. You okay, know what I'm saying? Get that like money. Absolutely. What if we that, have like a courtesan system? I feel like in a need based economy, sexual favors would be a thing. Yeah. So I, think I feel like that people would have a like if you aren't physically able to do like stuff. I feel like prostitution would right. be a possibility. Like, I'm thinking what? more of along the lines of like it's a courtesan kind of deal where it's like so here's you the, know they're you know they're prostitutes, but they're like they have very much a high standard so of it's living. Pro- yeah. It's prostitution, but no judgment. Everything's cool. Think, exactly. Like think it, Firefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. the Firefly. It could also just like be like Firefly. you know, it, like just because it's a yeah. part of the world doesn't mean we have to like directly lean into it. Yeah, you know, like, I think yeah. it's just a thing that exists. I yeah. didn't know whether it would be cool to bring up Joss Whedon, but yeah, I was gonna. Uh, yeah. yeah, an R from Fireflies, yeah. a good, a he's, good he's, touchdown. He's, he's it's never cool to bring up Joss Whedon. I would Whedon. say he has more hits than misses, but that's just me. You know, personality I'll never miss, but him the for other stuff. His Wonder Woman script. MCU. Oh, that was so really bad. bad. So bad. Okay, oh, we're getting off topic. I think that means we're coming to the, the end first of the Avengers. Is good yeah. though, so. 
All right, but uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're going to go around the table. Uh, I'm Michael. You can find me on Twitter at a real writer. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Liam. I just changed my uh, my handle to Liam Higgins ninety seven. You changed it, your yeah. Act? It used to be uh, keep on Klingon, but I had to make business cards for my uh. stuff, and they want to know your Twitter. And so I was like, that, oh, dude, I think you should have kept your old. I, I, I'll, I might go back to it because I like it, and that's my PSN ID. But I can't get Liam Higgins for the life of me, and Liam Higgins ninety seven is easily the closest I've ever gotten to yeah, it. But then you you sound like one of those lame. People on PSN. No, 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 no. My PSN is still keep on Klingon. I know, I'm not but changing but that. you sound like a lame internet person if you put your birth year after your name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let yeah. me go change that right now. It's um, it's keep on Klingon. Just keep stick to keep I, on. You know, I'm too lazy to put the Twitter logo into, into Illust- Adobe Illustrator. I don't, I don't think, know how to use it. That's not really unpro- it's not really unprofessional. Either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a Twitter handle. Yeah. It's like I am a nerd. Yeah. Just you know that. what? You convinced me. Yeah. I keep uh, Liam Higgins. <laughs> we we shamed moment. Liam into changing his app. I was I felt bad about it too, and I just changed it like the other day as Live well. Live your so. truth, folks. Uh, Leon, where, who are you, and where can we find you? Uh, I am Leon Bars. You can find me at at Slapcats. With a Z, <laughs> and he changes his fucking header name every goddamn week or whatever. So <laughs> it's I every can, month. Wait, 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 I never know uh, who it is. I'm like, yeah, who's DMXmas? <laughs> who's like uh, some? I don't even know what yeah, it is. Yeah, DMXmas. <laughs> and Laura. Hi, I'm Laura Co. Uh, I barely use Twitter. It's mostly me reblogging the McElroys a lot, uh, and it's at underscore not my division underscore. I need to change it. That's yeah, I think one. that's it's that's a very clever, it's distinctive at. <laughs> It's an oldie. It's got underscores in it. Yeah, but it references Sherlock, and it's been a fucking while. <laughs> oh I need boy. to change it from DMXmas, actually, now. <laughs> oh, God. Well, my, <laughs> now we're I all going to go to our phone. Uh, the phone doesn't it. let you change it on the settings. Yeah. Oh, you have to do it via computer. Stay tuned for next week when our Twitter handles are all different. <laughs> And uh, gotcha. <laughs> since it'll be in the show by the time that we actually release an episode, I want to thank uh, Cody O'Hea for providing the music for the show. Hey. Oh, for real, Cody's doing hey. the music. Six Chord Circus at Twitter, right? That's yeah, what he at is. Six, yeah, at Six Chord Circus on Twitter. He's a good dude. I love Cody. He's a wonderful boy. Follow that boy. He mm-hmm. makes some really good music. He does, and I'm sure he's made some very good beats for our show. When he's, he's not when he's stuff. not talking about Bloodborne, he's a nice guy to have. <laughs> <laughs> he's not t- being angry and drinking and playing Cuphead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's playing Dragon Ball Z Fighters. Now. Cody should not be allowed to play Cuphead. There's like he's gonna go through ten controllers trying to beat that game, <laughs> but uh, so I'm sure he'll be bringing great music for all of our characters. Yeah, I'm excited to hear him. All of the the world of Shard at all. What if he yeah. does like an intro theme for each of our characters? I like think a, I'm gonna ask him to do that. I'm paying him to do some big time stuff. Hey, I want a uh, little big time rush. Little big time. <laughs> I want a butt rock theme. <laughs> we are not giving Sierra a butt rock theme. <laughs> Give me a butt rock theme right now. <laughs> Amber by, Amber by 311. Hanging on the edge tomorrow. All right, okay, I'm gonna, I think we're going to call it there. We're canceled. So, <laughs> podcast <laughs> over. Sorry. Well, but uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Play by podcast. Bye.